classe gibberish. Hi there, dear listeners, and welcome to another episode of Classy Gibberish. I am Andre, your host, and this is the show in which we listen to the um, to the absolute bangers of the history of classical music, the bangers we all know and love. And today we are back with our female composers, and we have someone more recent. And we are we might have more recent composers from now on because I I've recently found out that we um, actually have a license to broadcast on this radio, so I'm allowed to play music by recent composers. Um, and you might ask yourself, why didn't you know you had a license, or, or why did you did you think you didn't have a license and didn't do anything about it? But that is besides the point. What's important is that I can now play, um, you know, modern composers and um, enjoy more more recent classical music. But anyway, I've um, waffled on for long enough. Today we have Florence Price, an African-American woman from the 20th century, mostly, I think. Uh, although she lived in the 19th, 19th century as well. Uh, because in this show, we're all about um, inclusivity, inclusion, inclusivity, and representativity. So here you go. And it's her piece, Piano Quintet in A Minor. Oh, any moment now? Any. Eh, any moment. It's... There we go. <sighs> How are we all? I hope everyone's doing well. I am doing well. I, um... It's been a good week for me. It's been pretty much just, uh... Doing work on, on the radio. And yeah, that's fun. It's productive. I went to a, my first neuroscience conference yesterday, and um, I felt really dumb because everyone there was really smart. And you know, it was, was fairly interesting, but it's it's not quite my thing. Um, it was a, 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 a it was a conference about proteomics, which is a specific field of research that applies specific techniques that um, measure levels of of, of various proteins um, and whether like, which proteins exist in specific cells and so on. Uh, and the conference was about the use of, of proteomics, so so those techniques, in neuroscience research, and in particular dementia research. And the dementia part is the one that interests me. But um, what was I saying? Oh yes. Um, but I'm more interested in, in other sorts of research with other techniques 
and I also don't understand much of, of proteomics. So I was kind of lost through most of it and felt bored at times. But it was, was, was fun to be surrounded by scientists and be in a scientific conference, which I, uh, I had never been to. Um, so yes, that part was fun. And I got a couple of pens. We always like a bit of much. And got to drink some Prosecco in a, a, a ship, um, which happens to be a museum. So there was some drinks reception afterwards. Um, and I wasn't there for a bit. And it was fun. Although I was alone because it didn't literally I, I knew a couple of people in the conference but I knew of them I know of them not that I know them so I was kind of alone through most of it which was sad but we know uh, it was that the first conference I went to and th that's the main thing just wanted to go to a conference so that part was really really fun other than that as I mentioned in the last episode I was going to go on a date on Sunday with this person I've been um, I'd been messaging for for a couple of months, and that happened, and it went really well, and we went to watch a film uh, on the cinema the uh, during the week, and tomorrow they've invited me invited me to their flat. Which, uh, which makes me think that naughty things are going to happen. So, yes. To all the, the zero listeners who regularly tune into my show, I will keep you posted. Um, I've <laughs> I'm realizing just now that I did indeed not really have a um, a topic for this show and so <laughs> I'm violent, violently scorching my brain for something we can go to that Topic of love. So is always a favorite of mine. Um, you know, I have a very... Well, I'd say it's romantic. But most people would disagree with me. View of, of love. So I think... That love is simply a relative feeling so relative in the sense that you know when, when you're getting to know someone new or you know you, you enter some sort of, of relationship with 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 someone you look back at every time 
you've you've been in a relations relationship with someone, or you know that you felt some kind of romantic affection for someone, and so you look back at those moments and you think about how much you felt then. Obviously, that's all relative to not relative but that that's affected by by your memory because our memories aren't a hundred percent trustable trustworthy that's that's the word and so obviously it's it's subject to the accuracy of your memories but you think you think back at at the moment when you were you know let's say in love and you think how strong were my feelings then for for a specific person and you look at yourself in this moment the moment when you're entering some kind of relationship or you've gone on you've gone out for for some time with someone and you think how strong are my feelings now and are they stronger than the last time this happened or or all the previous times that it happened and so, if they are stronger, then you love the person. But if they're not stronger, then you don't love them. That's my theory. Now, this is from someone who has never been in a, in a relationship. So, um, you know, it's it's like... I, d I don't know if... This is general knowledge in to my potential listeners, which I expect to be in the grand total of zero um, people listening right now, but that, that doesn't matter. Uh, there's a an analogy. Ah, it's the cave cave analogy. Oh, it's the it's called Plato's Cave, and it is an al al allegory, allegory. One of those words. I I don't really know what what allegory or allegory is because. Okay, it is a story, poem, or picture that can be interpreted to reveal a hidden meaning. Typically a moral or political one. That's pretty interesting. So in, in Plato's cave, Plato's proposes the... If I remember correctly from my philosophy, um, philosophy lectures, um, Plato suggests the existence of a group of, of men who live in a cave. And they sort of see the world or, you know, a very small part of the world by the shadows that it casts on on the cave from the entrance, I think? There, there's some way that happens. And so the, the, the outside world casts shadows on the cave and, and the theories or the ideas of those men of what the outside world looks like are... Um, are you know, highly dependent on 
on on those shadows and so if, if you think about it from an objective point of view you know it's it's all they can do in terms of interpreting what's happening outside but at the same time you can see that they're you know it's it's a shot in the dark that they they're just trying to blindly find their way around the, this world that they, they've never seen except for the shadows and so my rationalizations of love <laughs> are pretty much within the same the same branch of of philosophizing where um you know i'm, I'm completely blind with with no previous experience as to to love or, or affection or relationships well i've i've I have some experience with affection. My my dog really likes me, I think. Um, at least she acts excited when I'm around. Um, so my conclusion is that she uh, does feel affection for me. Uh, although it might just be interest or, or pretending to, to be excited or, or being excited because I bring her food. That that might be it. But anyway, with, with no prior experience in... in love or relationships I'm I've, I've basically got the gun one of those with with a really long thing the bullets is in don't know what it's called forgot the name one of those really old ones you see like it in um, in cowboy films um, so I've got one of those guns and I'm in a massive massive room like a Oh yeah, like an indoor football stadium. And it's completely dark. And there's a fly. Which is flying about. And I'm trying to... And I can... The fly doesn't make any sound. But I know that it's there. It's completely dark. And I'm basically trying to shoot the fly. With the gun. That That's, that's my analogy of what my rationalizations of of love are like but well I do have some because when I when I this is nice so what I was saying was what was I saying oh yes I do have some experience in terms of Despite never having been in a relationship, I have felt affection, romantic affection, for several people. And when, when I think back at those experiences, you know, if I compare it to, I don't know, my parents who have been married for 26, 7 years? Um, when I think about myself, when I think, so when I think about my parents' relationship, obviously, my experience with affection is is but a grain of sand in a long, long beach. Oh, that was that was a really nice end to the movement, and I think it was the third movement. No, it was the first one. Oh, it's a very long first movement. Here's the second now. <sighs> Okay, never mind. All good. Um, and so... What was I saying? Oh, yes. But, obviously... 
when I think back at, at the experiences I've had with affection and and romance with other people, um, it always feels like it was love to me, you know. Despite if I, if I say if I check popular culture and talk to people who are romantically more experienced than I am then they they ridicule me because it sounds silly to to have felt love you know as as a, a 20 year old well I'm 22 22 year old who's never been in a relationship but to me it felt like love because it was the the strongest feelings of affection that I've I ever felt um and so in that sense, to me, it was love. And it's, it's from that, that very minuscule amount of experience that I draw the conclusion that potentially I was indeed in love. And that love is but a com comparative experience yeah now you might bring up the, the because this is something that comes to my mind so you've ob obviously got like divorced people divorced people yes people who have been previously married and you know they often have kids, and and um, they get a divorce, and then they find they find someone else. Now, well, I don't have that much of an of experience with um, divorce and people who have had a divorce uh, and then gone on to to be in a relationship with with someone else. Uh, but from the portray of it in in popular culture. It seems to be almost a... It's more... It's more... Com comforting? No. It's more... Conventional? No. Consensual? No. Well, those people generally feel like... It's more comfortable. They're more comfortable being. Uh, I can't find the word. Oh bugger! They're more comfortable being in a relationship with with this new person rather than being alone. And then the sort of view I have of it is that there isn't really that strong of a feeling. It's it's almost. Uh, you know, there's a bit of affection, but not really that intense. And comparatively to, you know, previous relationships, it seems like it's always a fainter, a fainter feeling, a fainter emotion. But it's 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 comfortable. It's 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 comfortable. It's co convenient. There we go. It's convenient. It's yeah, it's better than being single. And so despite not having, you know, there isn't that much affection. And I think it gets to a point where it's just, you know, they get comfortable enough to live together 
and it's convenient and sort of benefits both and so it just keeps on it keeps keeps on existing that that relationship um, and and my observation of, of that kind of relationship from the popular culture is that it's it's pretty much a, a, a loveless relationship where there, there is very limited affection there yes well I, I kind of gave it away by what I said but I, I do think that in that case there isn't really love so what those people have is is a convenient relationship rather rather than a loving relationship and so yes does that does not disprove my theory haha <laughs> suck it <laughs> I won uh, yeah <laughs> so that is my my theory about love and you know being an outside out, outside observer I have some specific opinions on, on mainly jealousy, envy, and jealousy, because it's something you see a lot in popular culture as well. And then, just just talking to people, there's a lot of of toxicity, of lack of trust, you know. And I'm sure that there's some kind of joke to be made there about trust. And trust that, that yeah, it hasn't come to me anyway and I think that's you know how often you see in, in TV shows and and films the the jealous boyfriend who um, thinks that that the the partner is is going out with it's usually a straight couple uh, who thinks that the girlfriend is seeing someone behind his back the girlfriend who, you know, obsessively checks the boyfriend's phone to see if he's messaging someone else. And there's almost a normalization of it. And I find that some people have a sort of romantic vision of it, which I think is not good at all. Because it's not healthy to be in a relationship like that. And, well, my... The person I'm currently sort of talking to, not really going out with yet, I think. I don't know really what the stages of, of dating are, but anyway, the person I'm 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 talking to, um they Well, it's a girl, so she. Um I don't know, I have I have um very trusting feelings towards her in the sense of we talk a lot about guys because so for me it's easier to talk about guys men than women in sense of you know physical attractiveness because with women I'm actually attracted to them and there's a lot of personality involved so like you know 10 years ago if you asked me I'd, I'd have said I don't know, 60% physicality? 60% looks, 40% uh, personality. But as I age, personality age, I'm 22, but you know what I mean. Uh, as I grew up, um, personality starts being more and more important. Um, 
And I'd say it's like 60 to 70% personality, 30 to 40% looks at this stage. And where is I going? Oh, right, anyway. Um, and so because of, of a complex number of reasons, uh, or a number of complex reasons which I can't really pinpoint, I'm able to comment as to the attractiveness of men more than I am the attractiveness of women. And so this person I'm, talk I'm, ta I'm talking to, uh, they don't have the same thing. And so one thing we do a lot is discuss how attractive certain men are. So like actors and, and popular people and that sort of thing. And um, yeah, and so throughout, so whenever we, so one of, one of the people we have done that with is someone who we've met a couple of times. Um, and even despite the fact that there, he's a real guy that exists, and you know she could have affectionate, affectionate, affection feelings for her. This is very complicated. Um, but but even despite the fact that he's a real person, and and she could very easily. Uh, meet up with him and and have a, a relationship with him. I I still don't think about that, and I'm trusting enough that it doesn't really cross my mind. I think now, if if it evolves to being an actual relationship, you know, it might be different. But yeah, I don't know. Um. So far, it seems that it seems that I'm I'm safe from jealousy because I do understand. So I do think that jealousy and and envy is our natural feelings, almost physiological feelings, uh, evolutionary that came to be because of of evolution. But. Uh, Despite thinking that, I also think that it is unwise and pretty silly to act on those feelings because, you know, they do exist, I recognize that uh, they're a thing and it's pretty difficult to avoid feeling them, but at the same time I think it's silly to actually act on them and be outwardly jealous, you know? Um, is it over? No, it's the fourth movement. Okay. And so what I think should be done is a sort of embrace of that those feelings exist, but also recognition that they are illogical and they, that they should not be acted upon. Um, but I, I think that's not something that people must do on their own. They're, they're in a relationship for, for a reason. And I think it's something they should go through as, as a team, as, as partners. And really try and get over it together. Because um, it's the same thing as any other kind of bad feeling. You know, if, if you wake up one day and you're 
I don't know, your your self-esteem is very low, you're you're probably gonna tell your loved ones that you're not doing so well. Um, and they're gonna, you know, spend some time with you, um, hug you, comfort you, that sort of thing. And so with, with jealousy, I think it's the same thing. It's uh, a negative emotion, it's, it's a negative feeling. And so people should uh, embrace that it is a negative feeling, embrace that it does exist, and tackle it as with their loved ones. Uh, and in the, in the specific case of jealousy, with if, well, presumably that's because of they're in a relationship. And so they should tackle it with their relationship partner. Um, relationship partner is a great way to put it, I think. And so, yes, that's what I think about jealousy. And this is about to conclude. I'm just going to tell a very short story. Um, a few years ago, I was um, not going to mention the context, but I was talking to my favorite teacher. Um, and she so there was another teacher at the school who I was really good friends with as well and he told her the teacher I was talking to that I was very intelligent which is which is it's really it's an immense ego booster it's a really big ego booster and to test my intelligence she asked me what my thoughts were on jealousy uh, in in the the context of of a relationship and I said, you know, jealousy is, is completely natural, but acting on it is silly. And she asked me, so what would you do if you were in a relationship and there was some kind of um, feelings of, of jealousy? I'd say, and I, and I said, if it was the other person, I if it, no, if it was me, I would assume that they were born out of um, lack of logic and irrationality and that I should just ignore them. Um, if the other person had them, I would assume that they have, they'd have the same posture as me and so that they tried their best to avoid them. Um, and so if they really come, came to the surface, that would mean that I was doing something wrong or um, something too extreme maybe, and that I should try and avoid it. Um, and, and she said, you know, you are indeed very smart. Uh, it felt really good. Um, uh, I like to be, uh, ego boosters are always fun, um, and it's because being, you know, having people like like her and the other teacher in my life, that I have um, a good uh, self esteem. So yes, have you know complimenting teachers in your life to boost your self esteem. Uh, that's a good a good note to finish on, um, and. This was the, the piece we were listening to, is Florence Price's Piano Quintet in A minor. And it was really good. I think it was composed in 1936. And it still has a, a feeling of, of, of classical in the sense of, well, it's obviously classical music, but in the sense of feeling, from, feeling that it's more like something from the, the 1800s, the 1700s. Um, and I like that because I like pieces from that um, from that time. Uh, but it, it's even better to have sort of more modern examples of it and seeing how those more ancient pieces can be improved upon with a more with a more modern outlook on them. Anyway, 
that has been me. This has been Classy Gibberish. I'll be back again next week on Saturday. Am I going to be? No, I'm not going to be back on Saturday. You know what? Because I'm going to be watching an opera. And it's the marriage, the, the marriage of Figaro, which is one of my favorite operas. I don't know if the, um, the production value, I don't think it is very high. Um, so it, it might not be, you know, fully what I'm expecting having seen it online. But yeah, I'm going to be watching an opera. So I'm probably going to do my show on Friday. And I'm going to say it's 7 p.m. So yes, I'll be back next week on Friday at 7 p.m. So tune in if you do want to um, follow along. And if you want to listen to previous episodes, just look for Classic Gibberish on Spotify, on iTunes, on your your favorite podcast app and I will be there so the only thing that remains is to say I hope you have a great week I will try having a great week as well and I'll speak to you on Friday bye bye classy gibberish